Welcome to the Magpod and the latest in our thrilling series of Susie Goes Solo. We've been to Barcelona, we've been to Amsterdam, we've been to Berlin, and now we are heading to Italy. Italia, allora. This is where I've always wanted to go to my entire life, because I grew up with the belief that my grandmother was part Italian. And we, we did actually find out a couple of months ago that it was all lies, and she was- <laughs> we think her mother was a Roman Egyptian and there's no Italian heritage whatsoever but I have grown up my entire life with that romantic notion completely that I had this Sicilian grandmother and, and, and when I first moved to London the first guy I dated up there was from Naples and he he remains one of my favourite people in existence. And, you know, I used to always say, well, I'm part Italian myself, you know. But <laughs> there is something about Italy I've always wanted to go to. I always imagined that I'd, you know, go to kind of Sorrento on my honeymoon or something. But at this point in my life, I was very accepting of the fact that cat lady or plant lady, as I think is much cooler these days, the plant lady is the new cat lady, so you end up with loads of plants instead, that that was coming increasingly close and maybe I should just do Italy. So at this point, I was trip number five into the six and had got a little bit of a taste for it. I'd left London. I'd left my job for a few weeks. Um, so I thought, right, let's take this from six. Let's double up to 12. But let's <laughs> do a big hit and do five Italian cities in two weeks. Cool. So the plan was fly into Milan and then from Milan to Venice Venice to Florence, Florence to Rome, and then Rome to Naples and fly back from Naples. What really surprised me about this trip was how cheap it was to do that. So my flight into Milan was £15. My flight out of Naples was £10. And to get the high-speed trains, which are more luxurious than Eurostar, were £10 per city. Mm. So to actually travel was ridiculous it was under 100 pounds to do all of that being that it was january the hostels were also incredibly cheap so the entire two weeks traveling from the isle of wight to there through italy and back including hostels cost me in total 208 pounds that's amazing which is phenomenal phenomenal because the only way i was going to afford to do this was going to be on a budget because i knew that I was going to eat my feelings throughout <laughs> this trip. Oh this will be the eat bit of the eat, pray, love. Completely. Yeah. Completely. So I was more excited about the food than anything. McDonald's notwithstanding. I'm McDonald's in every city, I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> Italian McDonald's have this, this thing. It's like crack, because when you have one... <laughs> You just want another one very, very quickly. It's, it's a tray of fries. It's a classic McDonald's fries with liquid cheese poured over and then crispy bacon little bits sprinkled Ooh. on top. Again, why are we not doing this? What why are we if not doing it? I have no this? idea. I probably ate over the two weeks six portions of this. <laughs> it was in, and it was like 250 euros. Can, can I just point out to the audience at this point that you are actually very, very trim? I'm a size eight. Exactly. I don't know how this ha- I think I talk so much that that's what burns my calories because I'm incredibly lazy. But the weird thing is when I came back, because from Berlin, I, I flew to Berlin. I literally had 48 hours before I then flew to Italy. So I was more or less traveling for two solid weeks. And in between the trips, I was 
on my friend Jack's sofa in Bethnal Green. So I, I was just nonstop. I came back from Italy a size smaller <laughs> than I actually went. I don't know who else goes to Italy for two weeks and comes back a dress size smaller. But it, I swear it was all the, the walking and whatnot. But Italy is also the only country where I can speak a little bit of the language. I know the basics, but having dated Italians and been around big groups of them, I understand a lot more than I can actually speak. But I felt so much more comfortable because I knew what locals were saying. Even if I didn't know all the details, I knew what they were kind of talking about. So I, I knew I could go in and ask for a coffee. And, you know, and it's, my favourite thing was if I was in like Zara or somewhere doing a bit of window shopping, I'd bump into someone that looked like a tourist and go, scusa. And they'd look at me, oh, you know, it's like, yes, I'm a local brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I've never felt more blonde in my life. I was on a train in Rome at one point and I was, the only blonde person in a packed carriage I've never seen so many beautiful people yeah I have never seen so many handsome groomed men that look like an aftershave commercial mm. like especially in Milan I've never smelt men that smell that good and look that groomed and so perfect I felt so scruffy <laughs> all the time it was really 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 hard but um so I flew into Milan and Milan rained the entire time, which was annoying. Being January, very off season, the hostel was great, a little bit basic, but it was it was perfect. Um, location was great, and Milan's very compact. So, to be honest, you can see majority of Milan in in probably two days. So, I'd landed in the afternoon, been very rainy, wandered around, um, discovered McDonald's crack fries as I called them, and set myself up in the hostel. And then had an early night. The cathedral in the centre of Milan is probably one of the most impressive, biggest structures I've ever seen. I think you prepare yourself like Italian kind of cathedrals. It's massive. You know, and, and this is someone that grew up thinking that County Hall down at Coppins Bridge was the biggest building <laughs> that ever existed. You know, I, I, do we even have a building on the island that's above 10 floors tall? No, I don't think so. You know, London, but these historic buildings, I think it's that element of it's it's so massive, but it's so beautifully detailed that you cannot comprehend that someone could make something that long ago and it'd be so good that to this day it still looks beautiful and perfect. I was so impressed. There's no one around. It's probably 10 in the morning. It's chucking it down. I'm on a budget. I'm very aware in Italy, the budget has to stretch. It's the longest trip. So I could pay, I think it was 25 euros to go into the cathedral and up and have a little look. Or it was just 10 to walk up 300 steps and have a little look from the roof. And I thought, I know it's raining, but, you know, you have to do it. So I decide I'm going to walk up to the top of the cathedral. Now, for someone that grew up in a bungalow, I'm not good with stairs. I never have been. When they said 300 steps, they ain't joking. <laughs> Italians do not take health and safety seriously. You know, there's a reason why when you, you yeah. see, you know, I get to the top, it's chucking it down with rain at this point. All of the ground is this beautiful marble and it's chucking it down with water. It's like a river up there. There is no railing. There is nothing to hold on to. All I can see is this little man in this little box. So you've got a guard with a gun 
but you've got no railings. <laughs> Where is the sense in this? I'm like, if there's a terrorist attack, we're fine on this roof. But if I slip, I'm going over and I'm going to die. And there's nothing that's going to stop me. But a man with a gun that's reading a newspaper. And there's no one around. And I'm kind of, you know, it's, it's great. I've got the roof to myself. But also, I'm a clumsy idiot. You know, I've had concussion twice in the last 12 months. This could get very dangerous that I'm edging around taking photos and it's stunningly beautiful, even in the rain. And you can't see that much. Just the roof, the detail on the spires. And I'm trying to take these arty photos, but I can feel my converse moving on this floor. I'm like, this is where I'm going to die. I've got to Italy. I haven't even been here 24 hours and I'm going to die on this roof. And there's these pigeons and I'm talking to the pigeons like, do you think I should go up there? And I finally find one health and safety sign that says, may cause slipping, be careful. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. Where's the handrail? (laughs) And there's this one section where you literally have to just walk up this angled part of the floor there's no railing and at the top this man another man in a box with a gun and he's just looking at me like come on then i'm like (laughs) i'm not doing it and he's just kind of looking at me like why is she loitering and and i'm i'm adding this up in my head like what are the statistics of me surviving walking up in the pouring rain on this roof this slanted without any support and the man with the gun even helping me like he might (laughs) shoot me to put me out my misery before i fall i don't know I very quickly turned around, went downstairs, and I went to the nearest McDonald's, and I had a coffee <laughs> and more crack fries because I was I was back to factory it. settings <laughs> completely. And then I spent the rest of the afternoon. I walked all the way through this beautiful park, and it was quite eerie because there's no one around because it's a miserable day in January. But Milan was the city of dangerous steps and beautifully smelling men. I mean, I've I've never seen men like that. It was just a Gucci ad everywhere. So from there, I went to Venice. And Venice, out of all of the cities, I cannot put into words how much I love Venice. It is like walking around a film set. It is incredible. You just, you can't take it in, can you? It's just absolutely breathtaking. And every time I turned a corner, it didn't feel real. I mean, this is a city where even the street lamps, the glass is pink because it you know, because it needed to look more romantic when the sun sets. They thought, let's add pink streetlights. It's stunningly beautiful. I've also never seen more Chinese people in my life than I've seen in Venice. That's where they all are. And they're only ever in groups of 30. And they are everywhere there. But it's absolutely beautiful. And I got there, so I was there for, for three days. And you can buy the water bus ticket. I think it's 30 euros. It's the best 30 euros I've ever spent in my life. And from there, unlimited hopping on and off these little tiny boats that just jet back and forth through these little... I mean, it doesn't feel real. And someone had said to me, while you're in Venice, it, it take, you need at least half a day. You have to go to Burano. And I'm like, it sounds shit, but, you know. I was getting sick of the, the big hordes of Chinese tourists. You couldn't get to take a picture anywhere. I thought, it sounds quiet. I'm going to go over one morning. So these two little islands, they're probably half an hour out of the main area. So you have to get the water taxi over there. Um, Murano is really famous for its glass making. And Burano is this tiny little fisherman's village. It is the most perfect island I have ever seen. It's all these little tiny fisherman houses. Everyone is painted a different bright colour. 
it's incredible i took more photos in that area than i've taken anywhere else i dream of that island it's an artist's paradise Mm. and it's just these adorable little old angry looking italian men that are just kind of yelling at the other angry looking italian men across from the canal shaking his stick at him and then these (laughs) i've never seen so many knickers hanging out to dry it was january it was cold they're not going to dry love but their knickers are out for everyone to see (laughs) And it's, it's like a little ghost village because there's no one around. And I just wandered around for probably two hours, me and about 30 Chinese tourists that we'd occasionally bump into each other and the odd angry looking local man. And it's beautiful. Venice was the one that really, really, really blew me away. From there, I went to Rome. And actually, weirdly enough, Rome was my least favourite Italian city. It's quite crazy, isn't it? It's really crazy. It's really and it's... The only place, it's probably the place that I felt unsafe at times and uncomfortable. And it was never because of the locals. You have so many people hassling you, street Mm. sellers in Rome. I did, obviously, my open top bus tour, because you've got to. (laughs) They would be waiting for you every time you got off the bus. And they would be, scarves, pretty woman, pretty... And they won't leave you alone. And as a woman on my own, they seemed to just... I was like a magnet for them. And you'd get off and you'd walk away. No, 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 no. But they'd follow you. Mm. And it, it really began... Yeah, that's a bit unnerving. It, it really did. And mm. it was every area that you go to that you want to take a picture of the Colosseum and they're waiting for you. Mm. But also, Italy was so expensive mm. that it got to the point where Rome, I was halfway through the trip and one of my favourite movies is Gladiator. I, I can recite. I'm literally walking around the edge of the Colosseum and I'm in my head going, I will have my vengeance in this lifetime or the next. I'm like, <laughs> I sat in my hostel the night before watching again just to amp myself up. It's 25 euros to get in that place. Really? And you've got to queue for like three hours. Oh. I got in for free. Oh, Ooh. this is... So I'm watching these tours go in and out. These, and you, you see them everywhere in Italy, the guided tours. So it's, it's a group of 30 people. And at the front is, is a beautiful Italian-looking woman with a big stick and a flag. And they follow her. And I'm watching them. And they just go straight in. I'm like, how is this happening? One, I'm not queuing. Two, I am not paying that much. But I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. And I'm getting in that goddamn coliseum. <laughs> But they're all either groups of, you know, Italian tourists, Chinese tourists. I sat there for 45 minutes and then bingo, a German batch comes. And there's 10 blonde girls. I'm like, here we go. This is my chance. So I'm edging and I'm, you know, walking around and I'm loitering. And I'm thinking, am I going to get away with this? And at this point, I thought, try it. So I latch onto the back of them. (laughs) and I'm keeping as close to the blonde girls as possible and I'm not making eye contact with anyone and just kind of smiling I don't know how it happens but I get in the Colosseum on the back of this tour of German tourists all I know is Guptag that's the only German word I know and I just yeah add the word tag onto the end of it I'm just playing along I managed to get in once I'm inside, that's when the panic sets in because I'm like, they're going to find me out. Like, what? I could end up in prison. I'm building up the scenarios like, forget about <laughs> vengeance. I'm going to end up in an Italian prison for the night. And the panic, so I take three photos, then say to the nearest person, where are the toilets? 
they point me and I run for the exit. <laughs> so after I got in for free, but then I didn't even stay in there probably for more than two minutes because the guilt and the fear said, but I got in and I didn't pay. <laughs> and as soon as I got out, there's a man waiting for me. Do you want to buy the scarf? No, mate, I don't. I'm on the run from the law. Get out of my way. I can't be in the area. They're going to find me. And... And the weird thing is, I always remember in the film Gladiator, they, they'd show scenes of the sky and there'd be these huge groups of starlings flying. It still happens. Murmurating. I've never seen it. And I was outside the main station the night before I left and you could hear, and you look up, no word of a lie, a thousand starlings just off. I was mesmerised. And I'm looking around thinking, why is no one else looking at this? And I'm just kind of stood there smiling and, and they're looking at who is the weird blonde woman smiling at us. And I'm like, have you looked at them? And it's like, it's birds. What are you doing? <laughs> There's thousands. And I'm like, but this happened in the film. And yeah, Rome, Rome was an experience. And then Florence, absolutely beautiful. I've never seen so many stone penises in my life. There is something, there is a naked, <laughs> there are tits and bums and everything everywhere you look. Like Florence is it's like a nudist colony for statues. It's it's incredible. Um and it's it's so romantic and beautiful. And I found at this point, because I'd been travelling for so long on my own, I was making up little games to amuse myself. So the game I made up in um in Venice was dive, dive, dive. Because they have those there's little black birds with the white beaks, I forget what they're called, but they just sit there and then they dive down in the water. So when I was on the water taxi, I'd, I'd look for one and in my head I'd be going, dive, dive. And you don't stop looking at the bird until it dives down. And it always did. <laughs> it sounds very boring, but when you're alone, it becomes very entertaining. The game in Florence was how to take the worst angled photo of the naked statue as humanly possible. Now, it sounds, again, quite boring, but when you add the <laughs> captions that I would on Instagram, it I thought I was the funniest person. So there was one where there were these two statues next to each other that I managed to get so long that it looked like one statue was actually giving the other statue a sexual favour. But you could only see it if you took the photo from that. And I, I think I laughed to myself for about three hours on that one. And I hadn't even had any wine. It was a really fun game. But by the time I got down to Naples, Naples I knew was going to be different. And I think having dated a Neapolitan man, they, there's a reason why there's a volcano outside the city. Because that's what their personalities are like. They go from happy to angry quicker than my sister does after four vodka and tonics. It's incredibly quick the way that their moods change and Naples is unlike any city I've been to it is noise and yelling and when the green man comes and you go to cross cars still keep coming like (laughs) nothing stops it's the most relentless crazy city and I thought I was prepared for it nothing prepares you for Naples but it is the most alive place I've ever been and I loved it and somehow I managed to do the entire trip without eating pizza. Now, Naples is the only city I visited where I didn't eat McDonald's. Well done. But I did eat more pizza than I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> Neapolitanas. <laughs> there is a reason. So there's only certain ones where, because they have an institute 
where you have to make it with certain ingredients. Now, one of my biggest guilty pleasures, other than McDonald's, is um, cooking shows on Netflix. I love them. I absolutely love them. And and I'd seen on so many of these shows about, you know, in Naples, the pizza has have to have the, the tomatoes from the volcanic region and this mozzarella. But combined, it is better than sex, yeah. those pizzas. It's incredible that... I would literally just sit there for, and I'm like, I'm going to eat this entire thing, and I do it. And they are big. They are like so big, huge, which is so great. big. <laughs> but no, Naples. It's. I'm glad it was the last stop because I think had I flown into Naples, I would have been terrified the rest of the trip. But by that point, I, I felt very relaxed, and you know, I I got my Buenos down to a T, and everyone kept saying to me, you know if you're going to get mugged and you're going to die anywhere, it'll be in Naples. Especially my, my friend kept saying to me, you know, like, don't get your phone out. Don't do this. Don't do that. Which was very annoying because he would text me every half an hour. Where are you? Send me your location so I know you're safe, having come from there. And I'd be like, but then I've got to get my goddamn phone out. What is it? Like, I'm going to get mugged or I'm going to get murdered. What do you want to know? It's got such a charm and a beauty of its own Naples because it's so messy and just angry and just... but. The friendliest, sweetest people. And you could get, a, a, again, a little carton. It looks like a Ribena, a red wine. And it wasn't even that bad a wine. Like, under a euro. Just like, what you want. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, the two of those in the hostel, out like a light. <laughs> it was... We are missing out. We are yeah. missing out. And from there, it was... Yeah, I think it was such a different trip because... I counted it as five trips because it was five cities, but to then do it all back to back like that, um, by the time I got to Naples, I was ready to come home, like two weeks away of, of relentless, you know, stopping. And, and it amazed me. It felt like five different countries because each city is so different mm. in Italy. And the divide between the north and the south, it, it's like a completely different culture. And, and, and even the, the accents, you know, I couldn't understand the people in Naples as well as I could in the north. It, the dialect is so strong that it very much felt like I'd gone to these five different countries rather than one country in, in its own but it was every bit as wonderful as I ever expected and I'm so angry that my grandmother isn't Italian because <laughs> <laughs> it felt like my homeland well that's the last in our episodes for the time being but we do have a little concluding episode to come so stay tuned <laughs> <laughs>